0: Welcome to the In Contention Podcast, Sam Stoddard, your host with Matt Cranstuber. How is it going? And Ruben Wrestler. Why don't I ever get introduced second? Because you're kind of the third wheel.
1: Yeah, well, you don't have to make it quite so obvious. (laughs) (laughs) Where are the funny Kit Kats, Mr. Cranstuber?
2: We don't have the Kit Kats yet. Uh, In case, uh, if you listened to a previous episode we talked about, um, in Japan they have crazy flavored Kit Kats. And, uh, one of our listeners was nice enough to, to, uh, donate us several of those, which we're going to try on the show. But none of those, n- 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 they have not shown
1: yet. I'm so no. upset.
2: So, uh, yeah.
1: What we do have, hashtag. flawless segue, is Modern Warfare 2 results. Yeah. Modern mean. Warfare 2. <laughs> so, uh, well, why don't we, why don't we do our hashtag, uh,
2: talk about what we're going to talk about, sure. and then we'll get, get into it. So, uh, topic numero uno... Is Modern Warfare Two. Uh, second one is Spoiler Alert. I'm sure, you can Think write that. What, that, out what that
0: means is that like a uh, pun off of Red Alert, the game. No, it's like spoiler. Alert. No, like
2: spoiler alert. Like Dumbledore if somebody dies. yeah, if
0: somebody says something and then oh okay. Know, like a... remember,
2: like remember, remember that one time when you spoiled that Gandalf comes back in the Second Lord of the Rings movie.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I, the next time I'll okay. Or if Spoiler I, alert: Romeo and Juliet die.
1: Or if I <laughs> if I spoiled the uh, season two of Downtown Abbey, on Downtown you know, Abbey. Sorry, da- I call it Downtown <laughs> Abbey, but it's Downtown Abbey uh, because I saw it on BBC, and you guys didn't. I did actually. I could, oh, did you? Man, well, we are so I, hipster. I, every
2: time I would talk to Sam about any show ever that that he asked me to watch, I always just tell him don't don't talk to me about anything until I'm done with the show. He like gives me the wire to watch, gives me Battlestar Galactica, gives, gives me the shows. And he'd be God. like, where are you Battle at? Star would
1: be the worst one. To get
0: well,
2: no, but he'd be in. like, where are you at in the show? And, like, i could be like, well, I'm on season two, episode three. And then I'd be like, did you get to the part where Johnny dies? I'm like, no, I didn't. Thanks. <laughs> so I just say, don't tell me anything. I don't care where I'm at. Wait until I'm done, and we'll talk about it. Anyway, uh, so spoiler alert. Uh, hashtag three, Stad Shoops, which you probably don't know what that means, but we'll talk but about you it. Will.
0: Uh, that's, that's, that's not a video game pun either, is it? No. Because I would really like these to all be video game puns. No. Uh,
2: hashtag for PT Orlando. Uh, uh, small, mini hashtag Star City LA.
0: Isn't
2: that Grand Prix Orlando? This, I meant to say Grand Prix. Well, no,
0: he wrote PT. I also wrote PT.
1: Grand, yeah. Grand Prix Orlando. Magic Tournament uh, Orlando. <laughs> Um, and last hashtag
2: Grandpa's cufflinks, which we will also get to. <laughs> All right, so Modern Warfare Two. Wow, uh, this last weekend, uh, the In Contention team hosted uh, an event with Comic Town in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we did a modern tournament. It was a five hundred dollar modern tournament. We actually ended up having about sixty one people show up for the event, so it was like over a thousand dollars worth of prizes. And uh, it was awesome. It was the, a
1: great tournament. Yeah,
2: yeah super, super awesome turnout. Lots of lots of cool people in, uh, ended up coming. Um, all our favorite crews from around the state, and um, the decks were really awesome. Uh, so I know that you guys both played. I was there in a different
0: capacity. So uh, what did what did you play? What, uh, you know, how did it go for you? I played Splinter Twin. It did not go well. All right. Uh, so I played Splinter Twin. Um, I'm trying to think of what I played the first round. You played Doug Lynn, right? Uh, not the first round. Oh, yeah, Douglin. I played Douglin and lost the first round. He was playing a Coalition Relic-based control deck. Uh, yeah, you know, and I, I felt like I had a pretty good matchup against him. I'd just gotten, uh, a... games, I think games two and three, I was, uh, one game I was all the Deceiver Xarchs. the other game I was all the Splitter Twins. You know, like, that kind of stuff just happens. I cast several. <laughs> I was just like, uh, you know, like uh what's it called slide a hand get a slide a hand slide a hand get a you know seer vision seer visions both on bottom uh, now one of what one, what two. um what list did you end up playing was, it was, uh, i just had Anderson's, Anderson's list with a few uh, cards that currently changed cuz he couldn't uh get them or there's like also I don't think this cards good
2: also cuz i didn't like it I, I i i truly don't get after grinding it a little bit online and then just you know Theorizing, I don't understand the value of Flame Slash in that deck. Well, do you know that Flame Slash kills a Spellskite? Spellskite, I know that, but I, I just don't think like it, it's good mirror tech. But not a lot of people are playing Spellskite otherwise. But it
0: also, just kills like any creature. I mean, it it, it is fairly good at killing Tarmite, even uh, you know, tell them like mid game it can kill. I just feel like you would maybe want like we we in that slot we
2: play one Flame Slash and two Magma Jet, and I feel like.
0: That slot was just completely interchangeable. I, I don't know that it matters what you put. In I mean, sense. I think that you want either Bolt or Flameslash by Flame Dash because um, against any aggressive deck, it, you know, like Magma Jet doesn't kill Curd uh, Ape. It doesn't kill Lone Lion It doesn't mm-hmm. kill, you know, War well, kind of are we're, we're in wild Coddle. It doesn't kill Neither Reliquary. It just doesn't kill anything. <laughs>
2: Now you were playing green in your in your deck, so that you had access to Ancient Grudge in your
0: sideboard. Right. So what did your sideboard look like? Uh, it was <laughs> four Ancient Grudge, two um, Fire Spout. God, I don't know what else was in there. Uh, I have honestly no blood moons. I think you yeah, have yeah, yeah, four blood moons, like two Echoing Truths, negate, so was, was, yeah, was it
1: similar to Todd Anderson's? It's, it was
0: basically seventy. Okay. Uh, Two cards sure. the
1: so why why do you think that it didn't work out so well like, well no
0: I mean like uh the, the round one loss is just you know sometimes it happens in the combo deck like that um he also had you know enough discard and I think like in the, the, the one game where I was uh in game three like he just played three turboboys oh okay, and so you know like, he played three turbo early, early I, I got a bloodman out and he got a relic and then but he got a relic. So that's just sort of safe him for Blood Moon, and I just couldn't draw anything but uh, Splitter Twins that game. His, his deck was kind of interesting. Um, he
2: wrote a tournament report on Quiet Speculation.
1: Speculation. It's a yeah. tournament report as well as like a whole deck it's tech. A
2: primer on yeah, his whole primer coalition on deck.
1: Coalition Relic Control.
2: And uh, we, we actually cr- will cross post it on our website, um, which we'll talk about in a second. But uh, he he said that he, he didn't have the Atomic Waves on the main deck. He just boarded them in every time, because he had no he had no creatures in the first game. I guess he was just winning off Iona, mm-hmm. and then would just board in the, the tarmac. It wasn't winning. Iona,
0: it was because he took out the Iona package.
2: He said, Oh, he said he didn't like it. He but but, but something like that. It was just like you know beat down with Eternal Witness and manlands or something. It sure. was really silly. And Godot maybe. Right, it was yeah, the good old Batterskull him. plan, right. because
1: he gets an extra attack step, and Batterskull has vi-
0: has Vigilance. And, so it is large and it's largely unkillable.
1: Yeah. It's a very good... Uh, it's an interesting deck, and you can do anything with it, and you should go read his article, because reading Doug Lynn articles is very fun. Sure.
2: What, so, did, you, what did you play, Rube? Uh, I,
1: end, I ended up playing Blue-White Tron, because whenever there's a format that I can play Tron, I pretty much do, because I love Tron. I don't know why. Um... But I just I just do. I wrote, I wrote a, an article, not nearly as in-depth as Duglin's article, because I think most people know about Tron already and like what it does. Uh, but I wrote an article on uh, Star City um, for it, and uh, I think it's a, it was a great deck choice. I lost to two decks that I have that I think I have favorable matchups against, just that they happen to draw aggro really aggressive hands, and I didn't draw any of my wraths or paths mm-hmm. in those games. Um, but I think, I had a ton of fun, I, I made top 16, so I got a little bit of, a little bit of that, little little taste of that money that was, <laughs> uh, being paid out there. Um, but yeah, I think that Tron is, uh, probably what I'll play for the rest of modern season. Where'd you,
2: uh, so where'd you get your list, like, what does what the list look
1: like? Uh, the list came from shutupandbrew.blogspot.com, which is Peter Johnson, uh, Peter Johnson's blog where he brews, pretty much, and he takes an idea and... You know, hones it into a you know at least a halfway decent list. And so I took his main list, uh, changed the sideboard a lot, changed the main deck a little bit, um, but took the basic idea of of what the deck was ideally supposed to do,
0: um, and uh, and played it. That's basically it. Um, Do I not even get to talk about what my second loss was? Sure. Do you not care?
2: What? No, no. Go. No, go ahead. No.
0: So then I beat. Uh, mono red, which was, I probably shouldn't have beat. He just, uh, like, I think one game he got stuck on one land and almost killed me. Mm. Just because mono red burn like, Hellspark. Yeah. hell oh, oh, sorry, it wasn't mono it was black red because he also plays bump of the night. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it was just literally like, alright, he won the world. It was like, turn one, bump you, turn two, bolt you, turn, or, you know, turn three, you know, bolt you. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I think then he drew his second land and I, uh, Killed him like the next turn, sure,
1: but like you know, it
0: was. I was at like you know, some really low life total. Mm. Uh, game two, I you know, he just like killed me on turn four, and then game three, uh, I think he also got stuck on one land there. And I I did not go up on turn four, but it took uh, he double combusted me when he I, when I finally got to my third land, he uh combusted my guy, then just burnt me out, got me into like two life. Mm. Before I actually won, so I probably should not have won that match. You just got a little unlucky, and then I lost to a Bant uh, Delver deck with was probably the most like frustrating draw to get. My opponent goes turn one Delver, hmm. turn two flip of course, uh, revealing uh, Remand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then he plays a uh, luteril Core. I'm like, all right, well, I do some searching. I, you know, I, I play some Cantrips. Then he goes, uh, turn three, he casts a, uh, what's the uh that guy? Geist? Uh, Geist, yeah, Geist. Ta- you know, taxer four plays a Geist. And he's just like, you know, I can tax down two. And I'm like, well, uh, interesting. You have a man in your hand. So, yeah. All right. Who was well, playing that deck? I, didn't, I don't think I saw that. I, uh, I, I'm blanking on the name. That's what, I mean, it's, it's someone I know. I've seen that every event. that Right. You know, and that was an interesting deck. I'm not sure how great it is in the format, but like man draws like that. <laughs> like that that is that seems like a fun deck to play cuz you get some ridiculous draws. Well, Looter Urquor seems really interesting. Yeah.
1: Carries around equipment pretty nicely. It does but carry it does.
2: Well. He does. So does uh I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some invisible stalkers mm-hmm. slinking around as uh, you know. Yeah. He's he's pretty good. Um you know uh well I'll talk a little bit about the uh the the overall tournament itself um since I actually didn't participate in the tournament I was more on the organization side working with the store to run the event and then also was uh doing my own thing uh, set up set up a little shop to do my my some my uh, pimp wares if you were or if you will um <laughs> which we're gonna come back to with cash tag uh, complex. Complex. yeah. Um, so sort of, uh, I, I did want to play, if this hadn't been our tournament, um, I probably would have played a deck with Dark Confidant and probably Snapcaster Mage. Um, but, uh, anyway, so when the tournament was over, that's when I had all the work that I did because I, uh, worked with Mark's son and we compiled all the deck lists, um, and we put, put it online and we created a Facebook, uh, uh, uh page to hold all the images so you can kind of see everything, but I'm cross posting any tournament reports that we get over there. So if you want to see the top 16 deck list, go to IncontenderMagic.com um, and you can see uh, those lists. Uh, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, cause you said Delver's flipping um, our friend, Justin, he actually top eight of the tournament. I think he, he was like five and one going into uh, going into the top eight. Um, and he he played a Delver deck, and his Delvers flipped twice. He had a Delver flip <laughs> two times in seven rounds of of Magic. Yeah, but still ended up doing well. So that, that I guess that's the power of blue spells. So. Yeah,
0: and in his top eight match against, um, was it against? Uh, w- wasn't it Doug? Yeah, hey, he
1: played Doug. No, he didn't. whatever. Moving on. Well, anyway, in his top but eight, no, he played uh, Coop.
0: Yeah, sorry. He played, oh yeah, Koop. Ah, uh, Andrew Coop. Cooperfoss. Cooper Fowl. Cooper Fowl. I always call him Cuban Fowl for some reason. <laughs> he, uh, they're like, you know, he plays like turn one Delver, and I don't think he ever flipped it. Like every turn, it's just like, all right, all right, all right, all right. I mean, then he would like he'd be like, all right, and then he would like cast like a uh, sleight of hand or something, and you know, just never drew a serum vision, never drew anything. And then pretty much every game, if he had flipped Delver at any point, he would have, you know, well, in the first like four five, five turns, he would have won. It was pretty ridiculous. So so the metagame was really, I would say it was, like,
2: really diverse. I there was a lot too, of different yeah. decks. Um, the top eight, actually, mm-hmm. I'll just rifle through the top 16 real quick. Uh, there, the first place deck was Martyr Proclamation Rebirth deck.
1: Which I lost to.
2: Yeah. Uh, not surprising. <laughs> just kidding. I mean, Wait, you lost to Martyr? Yeah.
1: yeah. How? Uh,
2: <laughs> didn't draw Mindslaver. Didn't,
1: didn't draw Mindslaver in any of the games. Didn't draw, uh, drew two total Path to Exiles. And did not draw a wrath effect. Had two gifts I given for all of them, which put two of them in my yard. You have
0: no don't you have a play Eldrazi? Yeah, didn't draw any of those. <laughs> uh, the
1: actual just actual stone only drew uh, oh drew two total Urza lands in in two games. Oh nice. So I drew nothing but uh, Azorius Signets and like Remans against the one drop deck. So that was great. See, if you were yeah, playing no, Charles Void... if I was playing Charles Lloyd, that would have a good yeah, shot. Would have be been good.
2: Um. So that was the first place deck. I'm sorry that you lost. Uh, yeah, it happens. Your I'm not. Manager, but i Come on now. This <laughs> the camaraderie. Uh, second place uh, was Affinity. Third place was Affinity. Fourth place was Bant. Fifth place was Rug Tempo. Sixth place was Blue Red Storm. Seventh place was the Coalition slash Gifts Control. And eighth place was Blue Red Storm. So that top eight's pretty good. We have now, a couple what, Storm what kind decks. of Affinity decks were there? Uh, Ravager Affinities. The, the second place deck... What colors were they? Uh, okay. Alright, so the second place deck only had two Arcbound Ravager, okay? Right. Now, I, I, um, this was, uh, John Johnson's friend Bryce, who actually ended up being an awesome guy. Yeah. I hope he comes out for more tournaments we hung out after, and he was, he was a really cool dude. Um, but he was trying to put the deck together, and I gave him everything I had, but I only had two Ravager. Well, as he was playing throughout the day, he, he actually said that Ravager's right. the worst was, card in the deck. He
1: was testing earlier in the week and said that two Ravager's probably the correct number. Because every time he had one, he was like, "Okay, that's fine." But every time he had two, he's just like, "This is the worst yeah. possible card."
0: Yeah, he 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 didn't like. He also, um, but was it was it the question is was it like the white version with tempered steel?
2: Was it the red version? No, it's 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 he, he runs glimmer voids and mountains. Um, it, it, it I had a little trouble reading his. He, he runs the white for steel shaper steel shaper gift and red for shrapnel White. So it's like right okay. white, red. Does he but play, the thing that's interesting playing... about his deck is he has three ink moth. Or Blink Moth. Yeah, most of them do. Yeah, so that's... Yeah, because right, you don't have all the artifacts. Right, ones.
0: and so my question basically is, is he playing the four Galvanic Blast, Trap in the Blast? Yes. Okay. There's, there's like, two different versions of Affinity. One is that version, and the other version is the one that's playing Tempered Steel. Ver-
2: the other version had Fling in it. Um, yeah, I think between... I think that was Owen's deck. Um, there were two Affinities. Hey, it, just just go over to Incontentiummag- in, com and go look at the list. Um, they're all posted there, and... Uh, but that that was the top eight, and but again, two Affinities, two sort of uh, Tempo slash
0: aggroish ish decks, a martyr deck, and two Storm decks. My understanding is something like three of the Red Robot decks won PTQs this weekend. Yeah, they, I, did. they are,
1: that's pretty much emerging as the top deck to beat right now.
0: And the thing is that they are, Affinity is much less susceptible to Artifact hate than it used to be. Hmm. Uh, it used to be you could just stick a Kataki and they had no real good way to deal with it. But now they have less artifact land. Yeah, the artifact I
2: man uh, is you know, gone.
0: They they have uh, most of them have ways to deal with it. Like the white version doesn't have as many ways, but you know, if you have a tempered steal out, then your guys are huge anyway. Mm. Um, and so it doesn't quite matter as much. Uh if you're playing the Red Bliss, well you have Shrapen the Blast and Galvanic Blast to kill Kataki. So she's not as scary. Hercules is still annoying, but you you know you can recover from it fairly easily. Mm. Uh, even the Shatterstorm type of effects, you know, they still leave your land, so it's not like they can just play Turn Four Shatterstorm and destroy your whole board. You know, you can still have all your lands in play afterwards. And so, uh, you know, Ancient Grudge is still very good, but you have to be um, really mindful with the deck about what you're getting rid of. You have to, of course, stop their super fast draws. But Cranial Plating is, uh, you know, one hit with Cranial Plating will probably kill you when it right. get to the deck because, right. you know, they have four the Blasts, four Galvanic Blasts. I mean, that's nine damage between two of those cards right there. Yeah. Um, the bottom half of the top 16 is,
2: again, kind of a uh, similar situation. We have two more Affinity decks. So that's four Affinity in the top 16. It's so 25% of the metagame, right? Interesting to know. Get your Ancient Grudges out. Um we have a uh, four-color tempo deck, uh, another twin deck, uh, a blue-black reanimator deck, which was similar to the one that that we played. Actually, we may not have played that one on the stream. Uh, Blue-black-white? Uh, it's Gorilla's Vengeance, Emrakul, Gintaxis. Okay. Um, and then you use, like, you know, uh, Unas Prowlers to discard your guys and then animate them at instant speed. Uh, there was also a bug deck, uh, a blueback, I re- uh, said there uh blue red storm, and then Ruben playing Tron. So, pretty, pretty interesting. Meta. Yeah, it was a
1: pretty diverse metagame. I think that um, one thing is that, that you'll, I don't know how good of uh, research people do at PTQs, but this one had a very, there's a lot of information to be garnered. because Mm. you guys did a good job with the deck lists and there's a lot of photos and there's there's pretty much more coverage for this than there will be for any tournament of a similar size. Um, I think that people were more apt to bring out experiments to this type of tournament rather than to a PTQ. Mm. Oh, sure. Um, sure. Which makes sense. um, But, you know, it's still interesting that in spite of people bringing out experiments, a lot of those experiments still succeeded Mm. in a a field that had a lot of storm and affinity. So...
2: I mean, there was a Ractos Carnarium in the top eight. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> All
1: I right. I think this the other that. thing worth noting is that uh, we didn't say Jund in the top six. Yeah, no. I
2: didn't see... I think I saw a couple Jund decks. Um, John Medina and J.R. Wade came down from... Or came up from Cincinnati, rather. Uh, it, so we were happy to have them come up and play. And, and John was playing a, uh, a Jund deck. A Jund deck, yeah. yeah.
1: <clears throat> he unfortunately got paired up against Living End in the first round. That's not a great matchup.
2: Hoy. Yeah, and the, there was a. we were, Mark was going around taking uh, photos of matches as they were happening. My two favorite photos are uh, one is a match between um, uh, this guy Zach, who who was playing some deck, but his his opponent was playing Gifts Ungiven, and Mark caught him in mid sigh as he's having to split the gifts pile. So he's actually holding the cards in his hand and you can see his lips flapping where he's just like <laughs>
0: pfft, <laughs> Just
2: like holding these cards trying to split it that's which I, I, it's really awesome and then uh the other picture is um a living and deck versus eggs yep and it it was just like you don't see that that, that that's a pretty it's a pretty, pretty rare matchup you yeah. nope.
1: don't play test that matchup much
2: yeah uh, no so who i guess whoever draws the relic there is probably going to win uh, or not the relic the tormod's crypt yeah, i guess yeah tormod's crypt um So, anyway, that that tournament was a great turnout. It was a good uh, segue into, you know, we have PTQ season is modern. There's going to be a lot of tournaments, a lot of talk. We're probably going to see a lot of articles. Um, There is definitely room to brew in this format right now. Uh, The decks that we thought were going to be sort of the dominant decks, I'm not seeing as much of. I mean, I'm seeing more twin, but I think I'm seeing more Affinity. Uh, then I then I thought that we were going to see. Uh, if you mm-hmm. we were to talk to me two or three months ago, I probably wouldn't have yeah. said any. Especially because you know people are people are playing ancient grudge. Um, you know people thought birthing Pot was going to be a good deck to beat, so they were playing the ancient grudges regardless. So I think you're definitely going to see any deck running blue it would be pretty crazy not to play Hercules Recall or some way to
0: deal with affinity out of the cyborgs. Yeah, so. You need something. Yeah. Uh, it just you know it's it's the default acronym. And it's it's a good
2: one, yeah. And it's got the it's got the pyroplasm that only gets artifact creatures, yeah. which seeing that one or only Whip gets non artifact creatures, yeah. seeing that card in action. Uh, what is that good against though? That's what I was wondering.
1: Like Delver, yeah, Delver, Fairfair? noble hierarchs. I mean, it
2: kills an, a hierarch and a geist in one sweep. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's has I've
0: seen a lot of that. and I'm, I always kind of go, I'm not sure what that's so great against. Yeah, I, you know, I. I just think it's uh, you maybe know. you needed it. You probably you might actually need it against the Proclamation deck because oh, yeah. um, it, you know it doesn't kill their you know their when they get their Gigantics so uh, or But so yeah,
1: it'll take down a Ranger that wins Search for. Well, a student of what's more scary is destiny. What,
0: what, the, what the one of the things the deck can't beat is when uh, the Proclamation deck just gets Infinite Hawks. Yeah, mm. because you know it plays Mistville Plains, mm. and so what it does is it just keeps putting like you know it gets like all four Hawks. And it you know, plays out three hawks and then,
1: then they all one die. die and it yeah. puts in
0: the bottom, plays, searches it out. Right. And so, you know, how do you you have to get your ink moth nexus around that. Mm. Which if they have three hawks out, it becomes pretty hard to do that. That at least gets the hawks out of the way so maybe you have enough room to uh to get in there. I kind of uh am able to
2: figure out what the tech is um when I go to sell a card or something to a vendor and, and a dealer will point at a misfield plane and it'll be like a dollar. Like oh, well, <laughs> apparently people are buying that card, and mm-hmm. so Mar- Martyr is a big deck. Uh, the the Proclamation of Rebirth is like five or six dollars now yeah. in real life, when that was always like a fifty cent card. Yeah, it's like
0: twelve or something on Moto.
2: Yeah, because oh, they're impossible to find. I mean that that's, yeah. that that was like you know ten years. ago. I would ago. love
1: to see exactly how much welding jars would be, just from this tournament, if well, that if that technology well, picks up.
2: Apparently, Bryce said that the welding jar were the best cards in his deck. Yeah. Which is it? I mean, I'll be honest, I, I haven't, I haven't jammed a lot of affinity lately, but uh, you know, he apparently has and says it's really good. Yeah, so. no,
1: I peeked over his shoulder a couple of times and everyone's got like, you know, they've got like Wrath of God or something in their hand, and they're just like, man, you mean
2: David, I could Judgment or Fire Spout or something, just
1: anything. Yeah, d- Ancient Grudge in the in the graveyard mm-hmm. and be like, man, I would have survived this turn destroying that Ink Moth Nexus if only. Yeah. You know, well, the, I think
0: part of the issue is that... Um, I think Ari Lax in his article that Affinity was basically 56 bag cards and uh, cranial plating.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: You know, it's why a lot of the play Steel Shaper's Gift, because it's just basically white, search your deck for cranial plating. Right. It's just number you know numbers five and six. Uh, and protecting it's really important. So Welding Jar, you know, pretty important to uh, keep your cranial platings alive. Yeah. All right. And
2: it, 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 well, it also, the the... It's much more important to have your ink moths survive and you know get in for that for that swing. So if your opponent's you know trying to kill yourself with spot removal that isn't dismembered, then wadding jar is going to get you there. But oh yeah, sorry, I didn't, didn't mean to stop any, our segue.
1: Uh, I can't wait for Modern Warfare Three. Which yeah, is Modern only Warfare out Three. Stores now. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. As soon as we start doing that hashtag, I think Ruben was saying that it's going to just start. Uh, it's going to start trending with actual Modern yeah. Warfare 3. Well,
1: we were trying to do on actual Twitter, not for this. We were talking about doing MTG Modern Warfare yeah, I 2. Yeah, thought it work just fine. But,
2: yeah. uh, and also, a, a reminder, if you are a listener and you aren't on Twitter, you're missing out on a lot of good magic discussion that happens throughout the day. Yeah. So if you uh, like to have idle things to do when you're uh, you know, waiting in line at the uh, grocery store or going to the bathroom or something, then Twitter's pretty good to uh, keep you entertained. So, here you go. <laughs> hey, let's just call it what it is, right? All right, so next topic is uh, spoiler alert. So, we are well into the preview uh, time for Dark Ascension, and we have ourselves a good a good uh, quarter of the set spoiled at this point. Actually, probably a little more than that, a third of the set. Uh, I don't even think it's that much. Well, we have 54 of 158, oh, so it's about, a, about it's a, third a third at this point. Um. So, let's... We're going to talk about the spoiler in – we're going to talk about cards that we think are going to be influential (coughs) in the constructed – in different constructed formats. As usual, we will probably not talk a whole lot about a card's limited applications. We will leave that to the fine gentleman of limited resources. If you don't listen to their podcast, you uh, should probably head over to Cast and check them out. But uh, all right, Sam. I want, to make this, I want you to talk about the first card. What, what
0: do you got? I don't want to talk about one card. I want to talk about actually the entire class of cards. All right. Because I think that it's just, they're all related, so why even bother? Uh, so tokens has obviously been the theme in um, in Innistrad. We had you know Intangible Virtue. We had all those Doom guys. We had Midnight Haunting. We mm-hmm. had Morland Haunt. Um, and there's a, you know, the, the, the theme is recurring and getting bigger. So what we get this time is a few different cards. Um, increasing Devotion, which is three white, white for a sorcery, to put five 1-1 one, one humans.
1: So it's five mana for five power, which is already good.
0: Right. It's got flashback of nine, and if you do that, you put uh, ten in instead. Okay. Um Lingering Souls is two and white for a sorcery. Put two 1-1 one, one white spirit uh, tokens with flying on the battlefield. So they... Um,
1: the Sorcery Midnight Haunt. Right, the Sorcery mm-hmm. Except for this one has flashback. Yeah,
0: it's flashback of one of black. Also, the other one makes humans, so it becomes uh, pretty interesting with uh, um, Champion of the Parish. Hmm. So you oh, gets a, wow. Yeah, and same thing with Gathered Townsfolk, which is one and a white for sorcery, but two uh, one one white humans. Right. So you attack with your, for three with Champion of the Parish on turn two. And uh, that has something called Faithful, Faithful Hour, mm-hmm. where if you're at five or life or less, you put five, in instead of uh, instead, so
2: probably talk about Thrain Doomsayer as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, Thrain Doomsayer Speaking
1: of Faithful Hour,
0: <laughs> is another card with uh, Faithful Hour. He taps to put a one-one white human creature token in the battlefield, and if you have five or less guy or five or less life, you put uh, creature other creatures you control get plus two plus two.
2: So, a whole cycle of tokens, um, I, I, a few weeks ago, or actually probably last week, Aaron Forthsight basically said, if you thought Sorn was awesome for tokens, wait till you see what we got. Right. And, and we are already starting to see...
0: And Sorn is the other card that is, um, obviously, you know, everyone's talking about him. It's two white and a black for a Planeswalker. Comes in with three loyalty, plus one, you put a one-one black. It's very important that it's black. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, vampire with life link into play, if it was white, then I would just auto play um, like four um, intangible virtues four on appears right. and then everything else produces tokens right but they 're black, so I, you know maybe that 's not the right way to go. maybe you just play virtue instead of that um, minus two you put a emblem into play that all your creatures get plus one plus oh. and I think that emblem like the emblem thing is really important because there 's no way to deal with it it 's just there forever. No disenchants, no wrath. Of God, it, it, it's just always there. I got
2: a comment on that when you're done.
0: And as minus six is, you destroy three permanent uh, three permanents, and you get them.
1: Well, it, which is which is unreal right. because if they would be destroyed, you get right. Them. Right. So like, there's actually just no way. For well, I
0: think they go to the graveyard, and then you get them.
1: Right, but there's actually just no way for a control deck to deal with that.
0: Well, like actually, it's not always best against control because a lot of times you're going to be in a situation where your minus six is going to be like, well, get through lands. Well,
1: it's destroy... It's it's hard for that. It's for, only destroy creatures. Oh, and a
0: Oh, yeah. Well, God, I thought it was permanence. No. That is much worse than I thought it was. No, it's still like, quite good. But it's still you're good. You're
1: still taking, like, uh, uh, I guess more, like, mid-range kind of decks are never going to recover from... Well, yeah,
2: and they can't play a guy out if if, if Soren's sitting mm-hmm. on five or six. Yeah. They're going to be... There may be, well, maybe I can't play this guy out because... You know, if he has rem- if he has removal, or if he has some way to stop this attack, he's just going to be able to take control of it. Um, I played Soren. We did a cube draft last night, and I added about ten cards from the new set. Um, and Soren, my first pick was Soren, which I was lucky enough to have him. I promise, I did not fix, I did not stack the pack so that I had him. <laughs> my right. second pick was Bitter Blossom. So I went into black white tokens, and let me tell you that. Uh, Nine times out of ten, when I played Soren, I immediately put him in and made an emblem. Because the emblem is so good that it, it, it's it's it just feels so amazing to be able to play the emblem and then play guys next turn, and then those guys get that bonus. You know, unlike a Johnny, where like if you use the minus ability on a Johnny, all the guys have to be in play,
0: all your guys, all your creatures have to be active, right. and if they die, if they Wrath, then you're you know you don't really get a whole lot out of it. Yeah,
2: and. Um, so I I would either do that or, or you could just plus one and put a guy into play and then emblem emblem, and at that point I mean it's if an you're emblem playing,
0: emblem emblem,
2: yeah I mean it's 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 pretty it's pretty uh, uh, lethal and I'm, he's going to be really good and let me tell you if you're building a tokens deck don't cut corners you need four of this guy he's extremely important, uh, you need four of him and four intangible virtue I'm sure
0: so um, I've been the other card that I that I think is very interesting tokens is the black white land. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, will, you know, I think everyone's very much focusing on Gavani Township, which is, of course, you know, in Estrada, where you pay two uh, two white and a green and tap it to give all your creatures plus one, plus one. But I think this card might be better in a lot of decks. Uh, what it does is you pay two white and a black and tap it, and all of your creatures um, get Death... Death well, Touch and life. Yeah, length. Death touch life and Lifelink. Well, like, the important thing about that is that it makes it basically impossible to race. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't, if you're playing mono-red, they can't just, like, get your life down and, and race you with it. You know, if you're playing Tangible Virtue, you just got to attack, and if your opponent blocks, you're like, all right, all my guys get Death Touch. Mm-hmm. You gain a bunch of life, all their creatures that block die, and if they, or you can just not use it, then they attack you, and you're like, all right, block, and my guys Yeah, Yeah, combat's impossible for your opponent if you have right. it out in mana. I mean, you know, I, th- I think that if you were playing, like, a mirror match between... Uh, township and that like that probably trumps Township or I mean probably whoever draws more tokens wins. But you know that keeps your life up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know even if your guys are smaller, your opponent can have an extra you know two intangible virtues. You can just block and death touch it up. Right. Like that card seems incredibly good. Uh, and another question I have is you know how many what colors are you going to play with tokens? You can play three color like white black is really awkward because you only have one true alternate land. I mean, you can play... There's a few other cards you can play. You know, you can, like... Uh, oh, God, I don't want to play Shimmering Grotto. But, you know... You you know, you, you don't really have a lot of options. Right. Yeah. But if you play three colors, it's not, like, much more difficult. Because, you know, if you want to play, uh, for instance... Uh, Black, White, Green seems like the one to play. Because mm-hmm. you get three Planeswalkers that produce tokens. You get... um that's the most awkward mana because it's a it's a no because you have the white the green isolated you're playing mostly white right and yeah. you're splashing and you get isolated chapel you get in the black green the black green yeah. so like you actually get quite a few you know you get a, basically you would have to play like twelve planes four chapels and some swamps and then like the 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 land but now you get to play instead of having to play just plain old swamps you got to play lands that produce. Green and white. Well, the three, any three-color combination will be able to get you the
2: duels that you want, because you either get to use the um, Innistrad lands or the Fast lands, which the right. Fast lands are allied colors, and the Innistrad lands are enemy colors. So if you want to, like, I, I think that red-white, potentially red-white-black, which has never been good in any constructed deck ever, <laughs> um, is where I would probably want to be playing, if because... You- I want to play Hero of Oxid Ridge and Hates, Hateslinger or whatever that new guy Hell is. Uh,
0: you got to play, um, another, another, like, uh, Instigator Gang. Ooh.
2: All the four drops. Right. You also have Hero of Bladehold. I mean, I think that we'll probably see this deck be a little bit different after the rotation, once, hero, once both of the heroes rotate. Um, because I'll, I guess I just want to talk about the card that I love in this set. I, this is probably my favorite card so far. Hellrider. And he costs two in a red-red, so four mana. He's a 3-3 three, three with haste. And uh, his, his text says, whenever a creature you control attacks, Hellrider Hell deals one damage to, to the defending player. So, so imagine, by himself,
1: he's basically a 4-3. He's a 4-3,
2: yeah. Uh, we had him in, in cube last night, and our, uh, our teammate who drafted him had Decree of Justice and was able to do things like cycle decree, make a few tokens on his turn attack, I could very easily see on the, you know, the three end of your curve, end a turn, Midnight Haunting, your turn play this after having played a couple token generators. That presents a lot of damage, especially if you throw in things like, you know, Intangible Virtue or some sort of Anthem effect in the mix. Um, you know, but, but again, I, I think uh, it's hard to, to decide if, He's as good as Hero of Oxid Ridge. You know, Hero of Oxid Ridge provides that plus one, um, but this guy's is unblockable, so I'm not really sure which is right. I guess it's going to depend on how big Tokens is, because obviously Hero of Oxid Ridge is pretty good against Tokens because they can't block them. But he, yeah. that's my favorite card to uh, spoil in the set so far. Like,
0: I, I just don't know. Like, I even no, don't know if you want to play those, because I think for your four drops, you're going to end up playing um, uh, Hero Bladehold... And Soren.
2: No, that's what I'm saying. Like right now, right. I don't Soren. think I don't think he has a spot yet, but I definitely think red is a great color to pair with white sure. for tokens. You have burn too. I mean, if you want to be hyper aggressive, um, you have a, a a good dual land. But you know, red's really more the splash. If anything, you're not you're not going to rely on it, which is again why that card's probably a little bit less good because it's red red. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of that. You know you. Go ahead,
1: Rube, you want going to say something. I'm, I'm moving on. Go ahead. You guys are talking about bad colors. You know what's <laughs> a good color? Blue. Blue's a good color. You guys are talking about red cards and black, white. Come on. Blue. All right, all right. I so want what... cards that draw other cards. So Cranny. tell me all the awesome all right. cards that have been supported. So we've got, the, okay, the, be- the one that excites me most is Secrets of the Dead. Because I, wanted, I played Burning Vengeance in a tournament when it first came out. And when I played Burning Vengeance, I was like, man, this would be awesome if I had something else other than Burning Vengeance to do in my Burning Vengeance deck. The deck needed an Astral Slide to its Lightning Rift. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It needed a way to garner card advantage in addition to the way that it kills people. Sure, sure. Now it has that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Secrets of the Dead is an is It's two colorless and blue. Uncommon. When you cast a spell from your graveyard, draw a card. So a few things. One is uh, Burning Vengeance uh, in much the same way. You're, you know, you flashback a thing twice, you deal two damage, and you draw a card, and you draw a card. right? So you've got lots of different things going on. Uh, it's another three-man enchantment. It's not real hard to deal with. The most important thing I, I see here, though, is uh, for other applications that aren't Burning Vengeance, is whenever you cast a spell from your graveyard, it doesn't say flashback. So whenever you... Let's say retrace Raven's Crime in Modern, or you cast your Grave Crawler after having a sacrifice outlet. Let's say, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of different things that you can do with that card. The other so, one, like I, the River Kelpie, it's a it's a new yeah. River Kelpie. We might be able to do some exactly, and it doesn't. Yeah, and it's easier to get into play. And sure, I mean River Kelpie doesn't really strike fear into the hearts of most Magic players, but I think that this card <laughs> certainly has applications. Sure. You know. Uh, the other card I'm really excited about is Thought Scour, which is the new Mental Note. A little bit better, Mental. Much better than Mental Note because it targets a player, so you can mill your opponent if you really want to, mm. uh, and it's an instant. So you have a friend with your Dream Twist if you want to play that version of the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good in the sort of like the if there's ever going to be a Splinter Fright kind of deck with uh, with Ghoul Tree and like those kind of cards, then that'll work also. But it's also really good in the Secrets of the Dead Burning Vengeance deck, Mm -hmm. because it's just another way to draw cards. Right. Right. And fill up your graveyard with Snapcaster Mage. I mean, there's lots of little applications with that guy. It's a common, it's not going to, it's not going to, you know, have its name up there in Flashing Lights as the all-star of the set, but I think it's certainly going to be a role player in in several different decks. Sure. That's a card to pick up foils of, if you're into that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, I mean it's nice. common too, which is nice. So it it definitely will lend itself well to uh, to uh, to limited, and that the the mulch decks. So um, let's talk right. about this card. Right, I think I'm going to the same card you are. I think we're all going to the same. card. Uh,
0: right is it a, is it a legendary creature human? Oh no, mine's an artifact.
2: Mine was a legendary creature
0: human. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Talk about her, then we'll talk about the artifact. Natalie's spoilers. All right, sounds good. Uh, so Thalia, Guardian of Thraven. Ooh. This is like i it's funny, because I was thinking about this almost exact same card very recently. I was going, man, because, like, you know, I was looking through, like, stuff, and I'm just like... I wish Glow rider. Yeah, I wish man- Glow rider cost one less mana. I did, too. You know what? That's crazy. Because, you know, and... You know, and... I've been looking a lot at Maverick in Legacy, and it's a card that, like, I was almost good enough for Maverick, because it just fits so well into the way the deck works, that, that sort of hate their deck. Mm. But like, God, I wish you could cast it, like... You know, and now you can because it's two mana. It is a legend, which means that you you know, which is just very very good. Because I can only imagine the just rage inducing if you just went turn two this, turn three this. Right. If it didn't oh, have a yeah. name
1: and it was just Guardian of Thraven, and you were like turn two Guardian, turn three Guardian, gotcha. <laughs>
0: Thanks. Good luck with the wrath. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm glad that they didn't do that. But yeah, it, it seems <laughs> great. It's gonna be great in legacy. But <coughs> standard, I don't know. Like it, the one thing I'll say about it is
1: Well, right now in standard it's awful because every deck runs four gut shots.
0: Right, true, true, true. But But it makes gut shot
1: cost to colorless.
0: Yeah. And if it's a token wow. decks take off, it's uh it's actually really good against token decks because even though it is a two one, I mean if you play it on turn two, like what are they gonna cast? They're being, right. They're not casting anything until turn four. No.
1: It's also got first strike. Which is not insignificant.
2: I, I think that this guy um, it, it probably will be most at home in a tempoish type deck rather than a um, like a, a strict aggro deck. Last night I watched somebody have a Grand Arbiter on the board and a no, I had the Thalia, he had the Grand Arbiter. I wished I had the Grand Arbiter on my side of the table. Mm-hmm. Um, if there is any way that we can get another sphere effect or some way to lock the opponent out of the game that way, then then he could be pretty good. But the fact that he probably not in this set. No, no. But like I I just want to be I want to be playing this guy and manitize and like that just seems really, really good to me. But you know, again maybe I'm maybe I'm a little too disconnected here. I
1: definitely think that this guy's I mean this guy and I presume I know what you're gonna talk about as an X card both have applications in every format.
0: Oh, definitely. Like yeah.
1: this guy's gonna see play hashtag in vintage.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. Will, so. Especially because of the last card that we want to talk about.
1: Yeah. So
2: uh, actually, one more one more card before we get to the get right. to the main event. Faithful saluting. We didn't really get into as much when it was first spoiled, but I think. But this, now let's
1: secrets of the whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: Now that now that we know, like we actually have official art, it's not like the the weird magazine looking thing anymore. I'll be honest, when I saw it in it w- in its printed form, I didn't think it was real. I don't know if you saw the original one; it looked like it was yeah. Like, I didn't think it was real. It looked really like a moto picture. Yeah. But then, like, I saw the card, and then I started getting really excited. Um, I, <laughs> we started brewing. Me and me son spent several hours on Sunday brewing like, uh, dredge decks in moderns, just trying to figure out like how we could get it to work. And uh, I mean, Faithless Looting is so powerful that this card will definitely see play. Maybe not in Vintage, but this will see play in all the other formats. Certainly oh, yeah. in Legacy.
0: I'm super and excited to Modern. play uh,
1: to play Faithless Looting Proteus or Protean Hulk combo.
0: Oh, yeah, Footsteps. Footsteps. yeah, so you get you basically just get eight careful studies.
1: Yes. Well, you don't have actual careful study in Modern. I think I want Legacy. Well, we can do it in legacy. Okay, too. so modern. Yeah, it's a lot it. easier to do in modern because there's no mental miss- oh way it's banned in every format, right? Yeah. No, I was kidding. <laughs> anyway, but there's but you you have careful study of flashback in modern. Right. So I mean, that's going to help that deck. I mean, I've I've only
2: done fishbowling at this point, but the flashback part of it is really good, especially if you're a deck that strategy is to start putting cards in the graveyard, um, having multiple. Careful study effects is really good for you. If you run out of your careful study effects and you haven't done your plan A, then you, then you you just you're playing off the top of your deck. This is something that uh, we we grinded reanimator a lot uh, when Legacy was popular online. And if you had your entomb or your your careful study, um, force of will or you know counterbound slipped or something, you you had to play off the top of your deck until you hit a brainstorm or a ponder. To actually, find the discard outlet and the faithless looting is amazing because what it does is allows you to do that, you know, turn one play. Oh, well, like maybe I'll run it out there if I don't have my kill, regardless, because I can flash it back in two turns. So you can maybe just dig for control cards, or if you have the control cards, you can dig for your combo cards, and then on turn three, flash it back, do what do your do your play I on turn four. So being able to flash this back later in the game is huge, and the flashback is not like seven mana. It's three mana, and that's not a lot.
1: Yeah, so because you can go turn one faithful saluting, turn two desperate ravings, turn three have your choice of which to flashback. Like, right. That's profit, right? Yeah, in, uh, unless you're casting a three mana enchantment. <coughs> I'm telling you that deck is going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> all right, people.
0: Go for it. Have fun.
1: But now we've got. We, you guys know what we're going to talk about now. It's the last spoiler we're going to talk about. We promise.
2: Yeah, well, we'll talk about more spoilers as they come out, right. maybe in the next cast. This episode. But this one, this is the granddaddy of spoilers. This is uh, a great
0: card. I love it when development makes uh, random, nifty little cards like this. This one is very
2: well designed. And I'm sure you, I know you have an appreciation for design, and I can see, like, this is very well designed. You're probably just. We're clearly, talking about, te- <laughs> clearly talking about oh, yeah. jar Eyeballs. Oh, yeah, jar bibles. No, no, no. uh, the card is Graph Digger's Cage, and uh, first of all, if you, if you go, go, if you're listening to this not in a car, go look at the art for this card. Okay? Yeah. The first of all, from a flavor perspective, it's insane, right? Uh, Graph Digger's Cage is basically uh, the flavor text says, if you wind up in one of mine, you can be sure as silver it will be your last, and it's basically a coffin inside of a cage. Yeah, That's being, you know, buried underground, which is pretty cool. Why are they not just burning the
1: bodies? <laughs> I don't get it. Because then you get zombies that are on fire, and they're much more difficult to
0: deal with. No, because zombies require some amount of flesh. Like... Well, you
1: said skeletons would come out then.
0: But skeletons are, A, skeletons are a lot less scary. That's true. And B, true. there aren't really any, are there any, I guess man or skeleton is a card. But then you can just make mass graves. Also cinder bones.
1: Do we, can we not talk about mass graves on the podcast? <laughs> It's still, it's still
0: a touchy subject for me.
2: <clears throat> well, why don't we actually talk about the card? All right. So, Graph Stigger's Cage. Now listen to these texts very carefully, because it could confuse you. Because
0: I'm sure no one has read this card yet.
2: Okay. Creature card. It's one minute to cast. Creature cards can't enter the battlefield from graveyards or libraries. Period. Players can't cast cards in
0: graveyards or libraries. Hmm.
1: So remember that whole Burning vengeance thing I was talking about? Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Yeah. And
0: Pan, this is the card people have been asking for for so long, because Panglacial Worm
1: has I been know. such a problem. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. I mean, there goes that whole mechanic. Out
0: the that, window. Can I just tell you something? Can they please print, like, five that cards mechanic, in that mechanic? That mechanic, uh, if, if it is, like, a... That, that would be the most miserable large set mechanic, yeah. because it would require a set with enough shuffling to make a good... <gasps> And shuffling is horrible. Yeah. Do you realize if Panglacial Worm
2: was in Zendikar block, like that card would have seen serious play? Yeah.
0: It's quite possible.
2: Okay, so anyway. so what is this card doing? Okay, that is, read it again. Creature cards can't enter the battlefield from graveyards or libraries. Players can't cast cards in graveyards or libraries. So, so what's happening? What are we, what are we hosing?
0: What's, what's going we're on? We're hosing half of Vintage.
1: Right. Okay. We're hosing a lot of Vintage.
0: Dredge? Okay, what happens to Dredge? Okay, so Dredge, uh, you know, you can if you can sac guys, you can make tokens. Mm-hmm.
2: So Bridge and Blow still triggers because it's because not a creature card. If and you
0: sac guys somehow, right. you can't cast cards. You can block creatures. with a, an Arcamibu. I suppose I so. You yeah, gotta cast an Arcamibu though. I mean you can you, yeah, can, you can't okay, so, library. Okay,
2: so let's let's think about this logically. Okay, so how are we putting cards into play from library? Narcita triggers. Narcomeba triggers. Okay, what about Tinker? Tinker?
1: Uh, we're we're a green sun's anything mm-hmm. for Dryad Okay, doesn't Oath, work Oath
2: Oath anymore. Oh the Druids doesn't work anymore. Yep. Uh what else? Any other comes into play from library? Can, can we future side a creature from the top of our library? No, we can't do that. Alright, well there goes
1: that.
0: And that goes my Um <laughs> master plan.
1: How does, does Mind's Desire read?
0: Uh, no, my sire no, they, works because they're, they're works. exiled. Yeah, okay. like and cascade's still worse because they're coming from the exile uh, zone. We not can't,
1: from. we can't birthing pod.
0: You cannot birthing pod. You can say You just can't get. Anything. Right. Well, that's how we're getting our tokens. There we go.
1: <laughs> nice.
2: Okay, so that's a lot. So in vintage, we are not putting white seal classes into play. Right. But we can put a time ball into play.
1: Right. Right. Uh, we can't we can cast our cast our Snapcaster Mage.
2: But we can't flashback
1: flashback anything.
2: Wow. I just have to every time I think about what it does, I have to just read it again. Okay, so
0: graveyard. What there what does it hose and what doesn't it hose for graveyards? You can still have graveyard combos, but they have to be very specific ones. You can't because you can't dredge stuff. You know you can't play the same dredge decks. Like you could play. Um,
2: oh, no, you can you can dredge a white right, but you can't and play, still
0: get, and get the lands right. But you can't like, like so that one works. Okay, uh, in, in, in vintage, right? Period. I
1: think that we can cast Living Death because I think that exiles graveyards.
0: No, no, no it
1: doesn't do that. No, oh, darn
0: No, it exiles a permanent in play. Oh man,
1: I thought I was I thought I was getting there.
2: Um, that's pretty huge. I mean, I honestly think that 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 opens up some uh, some space for some different kinds of decks to come into play. Like, a gifts deck that doesn't rely on creatures actually gets better because of this card. Because you can right. play this card if you're playing, you know, Life from the Loam and
0: other and such Tron. What, yeah. I, what Tron, I... Tron, sure. So what I like about this card is that we have seen in the past, uh, most hate cards are very blocked. It's like, okay, uh, Tormod's Crypt is like as blocked, you know, that's... What's it do? I just get sort of a Graveyard. You know what is uh, you know uh, you know all these you know cards. You know what is. shadow of sanctity can't be the target What does from do? Well, this just destroys all artifacts. Sure. This is a much more elegant hate card. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have it. It is uh, has a bigger scope than most hate cards, but it doesn't hit everything. Right. So it's not this like it's
1: much more like Pithing needle in that
0: way. Right. Or uh, sabo's web. Yeah. Or you know one of those it doesn't replace itself though. no, it does Oh well, thank God, it doesn't replace itself. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it's just one of those cards that. Everything you know, it, it it hoses certain decks, but not other ones. So it's not necessarily better or worse than the rest of the graveyard hate. But it just you know it, but it, it adds extra functionality. Like it really just seems like a card that <coughs> was incredibly well designed, and it's going to see a lot of play. But it's not going to completely replace all the old ones. It's not like how, um, you know. Uh, Tormod's Crypt you don't, like, see as much of anymore because you have, you have Nihil Spellbomb. bomb mm-hmm. You know, you don't see... There's, like, a lot of, you know, these hate cards kind of come and go because new things get printed that are better or, you know, uh, are more interesting. And this just does different things. And it lets you... In uh, Vintage especially, it really lets you hate out the decks that are popular and gives room for new decks to come mm-hmm. out. in. Absolutely.
1: Something else I will mention is that this card costs one colorless mana, uh... Hex Parasite also costs one colorless mana and has a combo sort of element with Fate Flower to be able to play turn one Hex Parasite, turn two, the Raise the Alarm that would then put in five guys, and then turn three you can play with Thraven Doomsayer. They all get plus two, plus two, and you attack for like 18. Pretty so good. that's a combo. Now these things are all these things are all <coughs> fetchable by Trinket Mage. So I expect Trinket Mage to gain value in all the formats. If this card's going to be playable in Vintage, you're going to probably want to have access to more of them, so you'll be able to search for them. Yeah, I Trink- will... Sorry. No, go ahead. I, w- I was going to move on, but I, well, I was going to
2: say, with Trinket Mage, um, it's unfortunate that he didn't see as much play. I mean, I, you knew that when he was printed that, okay, well, what kind of one-casting cost artifacts are we get? And he's just now starting to see play. I think he'll he'll be at his prime when the last set is out and they'll probably print, you know, reprinting your explosives or something right. crazy. Something ridiculous. Not explosives, because right. that's name mechanic. But um, I was a little disappointed that he didn't see as much plays as, as he could. But Modern, I expect that guy to start being all over the place. Yeah. I mean, this is to, this is a one-stop shop to stop a lot of nonsense. Um, we don't have a one-drop artifact that really deals with the Twin Decks,
1: except for Pithing Needle. Right. Um, and I have a similar problem with Graph Digger's Cage that I do with Pithing Needle, which is... It's great when it's in play, but it's real easy to destroy mm-hmm. and to deal with. For like Tormod's Crypt, once it's in play, it you're sort of it does and, its thing. Yeah, you know, Relic of Progenitus, it sort of does its thing already. Yeah, Pine Needle, you can just sort of keep. It's, it has a similar problem. You with the or, kill or your opponent. Yeah. So basically, what you're doing is you're like, all right, well, my Xyladjay is in play. I'll just keep filling up my graveyard until I can deal with that thing. Then I'll go off. Yeah. And so it has a very similar problem. You know, we end of turn, bounce that thing, then kill you. Yeah. As opposed to some of these others. Th- so I'm not I'm not as sold on how great it is as a lot of people. Um, it's great. It's really, really good. Yeah. But I'm not sure it's Tony the Tiger. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, okay, so let's, uh, we're, we'll, we will revisit
2: spoilers next week. I'm sure we'll have a whole slew of them. Actually, we'll probably have the whole spoiler, right?
0: By next week, yeah, we'll, we should yeah, be
2: the week before the the, uh, the event. So we'll we'll do a full full review. Probably review a couple of the ones that we've already talked about, but uh, we'll, we'll do that again. Um, the next topic, real quick, I want to talk about is today. Sam received his promo picture for his Star City Live SCG Live. Well, it's it's up, yeah, it's up yeah, yeah, on their yeah, site under yeah, yeah. commentators, and it, it is it's awesome. It is a character of Sam, and uh, Sam looks totally awesome and. Uh, he he created or he posted something on Facebook with the picture and uh, got some responses. My response was that we should have a Photoshop contest. Yes. And uh so I I whipped I up a few. I only posted one um which is uh Samling or Stodling. Stodling. Which is in the in the in the drawing, Sam's like pointer fingers kind of sticking up. So I drew the two Sam's Stuck together, Chinese finger trap. That's awesome. And we've we've had a couple other submissions. When they're all done, I'll uh, I'll uh, compile them and maybe post them on the site or something. But they're really funny. And yeah, if, so if, if you
1: have any, post them. If on. you have any,
2: just make sure they're not offensive and, and, and in good taste. And uh, and I'd love this. i love to see them. So, um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about GP Orlando. Uh, that was did just this past weekend. That um, was a top eight. That was an yeah. amazing top eight. Um, you thought standard who it was. was boring. Yeah. Uh, well, I could say I could say that the yeah. who thought
1: standard was
0: boring. Stan- this has been look. People always think standard is boring when it gets to the end of a three no. Months this life. is the one standard environment that I've not heard anyone complain about. This is the standard environment where like it, it's just crazy. We have had no new cards over the last whatever th- three months. Yeah. And the metagame has constantly evolved. Like. There, the decks that were good on week one are were, were bad, and then it was then it looked like Illusions was going to be everywhere, and then then you know Bullet Hounds was taken over, and now we have this uh, these you know um, uh, red green decks. You know it, it's just like you know this format is just so deep. There's just never really been a best deck. You know Delver. You know Delver was nowhere. Then it showed up, and then it got everywhere. You know like like this. You know, coming from last year at this time when we were just dealing with the Callblade Menace, Right. you know, this is so refreshing. And I, you know, I, you know, I really was not looking forward to the, the standard season last year because I was like, ugh, got to play standard, and this format's so bad. You right. know, the. Total it, it, opposite this year. Yeah. No. If, you know, it, unless Darkest sanction totally breaks it, you know, right. it. Yeah, we're we're just gonna have an awesome time.
2: Well and we already have our insane safety valve for the graveyard deck anyway, so
0: right. <laughs> now we just and, and even tokens, we have Ratchet Ball running around, so yep. it's not like you know, you're just gonna get turned three by tokens every game. Right. Absolutely.
2: So this top eight was uh P V, David O'Choa, Conley Woods, Ben Friedman, Stephen Mann, Javier Adorno, Gabriel Naviz Ortiz, and Patrick Chapin. Um so pretty pretty stacked. Uh uh, Conley and Chapin ended up in the finals and Conley ended up taking it in two um, it, they were uh, the deck lists are all really cool uh, Chapin was playing a Grixis deck and, and j- just go go out and, and, and check the coverage the coverage was much better this time around if you had a chance to check it out it was done by GGs
0: live yeah and, and this was uh, the
1: first time the coverage I felt was anywhere near like
0: professional yeah well, <laughs> and, and having um, uh, Sheldon Bennerick
2: yeah, he was really good. He was really good. And I, I'll say, I think that Rich Rich Kagan was, was really good this time around. Um, I think uh, any any person that I've talked to has been very complimentary of the GP coverage, so um, I think that they're doing a good job. But, you know, Standard is obviously going to get very, very mixed up here over the next couple of weeks. The first big Standard event that we have coming up is going to be Star City Cincy, which is in a couple of weeks. It's, it's mm-hmm. right... Uh, right after Dark Ascension comes out, it's one week after release. So which any week, of you
1: which weekend is that? That's February
2: eleventh. February eleventh. So hopefully which, you don't yeah, have which a, I know, Valentine's
0: Day planned. Which I know because I can't do anything that weekend. Uh, yeah. Um
2: so, you know, if you are in the Midwest and you can come to Star City Cincy and you want to brew, this is going to be the time to do it. Um and there's going to be a lot of cool people there. Uh, two-thirds of the in contention team will be there. Sorry, Sam, that you won't be able to, to go. One-third, I think. Ruben's giving the... Ugh. Ruben, you're
1: not going? I think that's my girlfriend's birthday weekend. Oh, uh, and Valentine's. Yeah, you're
2: not getting out of that yeah. one. Yeah. So, anyway, um, you know, the GP coverage was good. We watched a little bit of the Star City. Um, Star City LA was this weekend. There was a guy who top-aided uh, with his green-white humans deck with no sideboard. Uh, some would say that that would uh, prove that this uh, standard metagame was a little loose. Others might say that it was a testament to, the, to how good the deck is. I'm not
1: saying the standard metagame is loose. I'm saying that the Los Angeles scene in co- in combination with there being a Pro Tour that weekend, Grand Prix. Com- Grand Prix that weekend, in combination with there being less prize for the Star City events in general means that someone who doesn't have a sideboard might be able to top it.
0: Yeah, and the pros are hitting up the uh, Grand Prix circuit real hard at the beginning mm. because the uh the way that the new pro point structure works out, getting 40 points to make you like a platinum or whatever mm. is so like it's so huge of a benefit that's where you get like airfare and hotels yeah, and everything. Yeah. Compared to like 39 where you you know you get the same as level t- as as like the, you know, qualified for everything benefit like they, you know, if if you want to get there, you got to get, you got to start going, get go hard, and you got to get as many points you can. Like, right. you can't just be like, well, I'm gonna try and yeah. like level six, and if I hit level seven, that's great. Like, I'm gonna try in level seven, but like, it's not, you know, I don't have to go to everything. Like, you need to build your points up real quickly, mm-hmm. and just get in there, and you know, you have, you have to know because you're gonna know pretty pretty quickly. It's not like, you know, with the old system, you could sort of really be like, well, I'm on track to get to this level. Like it's fine if I don't hit the, you know, this these two tiers cuz like the price it's a big jump, but it wasn't as big as this. Like you know, you need to know, if you know, you're going to know pretty quickly, I know, half of the year, if you're not on track to hit 40 points, you're probably not going to grind everything anymore because like the cost is so high fly to flight all these events. It's probably not worth it to, you know, if you're not going to hit 40 points.
2: Sam, I think that
0: at the at Gencon we should talk
2: to one of the um, event organizers and we can organize a seminar and you could teach it and it will be like for all the aspiring pro people and you could just explain all of the crazy savant knowledge that you have about the Pro Tour <laughs>
0: and being on the train we could just and like get someone who actually we'll call, it,
1: we'll call it Sam Stoddard, here's the thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Or if you get someone to do it who, you know, has more experience than me. No,
2: I mean, I just think you, uh, as far as from a historical perspective, and today, I think that you would be able to help somebody, one of the grinders, uh, aspiring grinders, understand how it works. Because, obviously, you are, you know, if you wanted to, I'm sure you would be able to
0: travel the world and do all that, but you have a full-time job. Uh, I I could travel the world. I'm not sure I'd have any money left if you were doing it. But... No, that's
2: what I mean. You you have a full-time job. You yeah. kind of You've kind of done your... Pro Tour thing, and, and you know, if you if you happen to get on one that's in the States, you know, then it's it's going to be much easier. But, you know, you're not out there hitting up every tournament you can. You're more kind of on the entertainment side of things now. You're on the, you know, the you're on the, the, the back end of the table. You're doing Star City Live and, and, writing, the and writing, writing a lot. You're
1: behind the camera. Not writing a
2: lot. Not writing a lot. Not writing a lot. Well, you could write a blog post. I could write a blog post. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wouldn't, don't I? Yeah, you kind of. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, whatever. We used to have a rule that if we skipped podcast night that you would have to write a, uh, a blog post, which, you know, yeah, Sam never does.
0: No, um, not that you do either, but whatever.
2: Oh, no, I, I didn't just, you know, post a whole bunch of stuff to the site. You know? Oh so, yeah, that counts, <laughs> that, counts, that counts, that counts. Uh, okay, so, um, that's, that's our discussion on the GP. We have one last thing to talk about before we wrap up, and I think this is just a pretty cool story and, um, a way to maybe memorialize my grandfather, um, uh, m- my wife's, uh, grandfather passed away, um, not too long ago. And, uh, he was a very flashy, affluent, um, attorney and he was, he, he worked with like celebrities and presidents and he was just very, very old school, very like, you know, like, they, like you meet like a, somebody like, yeah, that guy's, a, he's a hotshot. He's like a, this was he guy, like madman men hotshot or was he? No, he not like a, not he, like those guys seem like more like. Jerks. He's more just like an old school, like uh, most interesting interesting man in the world. Okay. okay. My, like, okay here, my dad met him at our wedding and my dad doesn't find anybody interesting. And my dad just couldn't stop talking to him. And then when I, when I saw him again, he said, well, let me tell you what, you know, and then he, he would go into like all these stories that he would tell him about when he, whatever. Right. So anyway, he, uh, when he passed, he, he left, um, all his things to his family and I was sitting in the kitchen over Christmas with his son or my my father-in-law, and uh, he was talking about how he had this cufflink obsession, and he would always buy these crazy cufflinks and he would tell me all these different cufflinks that he had well one of the the cufflinks being pretty much the most cool the coolest thing that you could possibly collect exactly um, so he bequeathed his entire cufflink collection to his son, and he was telling me about he said that one of the neater ones that he found in the collection was a pair of gold hands holding platinum dice and a matching tie tack and i told him that i thought that that was the coolest thing whatever well leah texts me and says that she has a surprise for me and she comes home i actually got the cufflinks
1: that is so cool they
2: gave me the cufflinks and you know what's even crazier as we're doing this show i'm looking at the back of the cufflink and no joke it says mk and embroidered on the back of it oh
1: my gosh
2: like, I don't know if that was there before, but anyway, these cufflinks are awesome, and uh, I'm, I'm working with Comic Town to run a local PTQ in February, on February, uh, the weekend of February 25th, and I will definitely be wearing a French uh, cuff-length shirt with these uh, things to, uh, in memory of our, uh, our grandfather, so cool. I just thought that that was pretty cool. It's a nice gaming thing. These are super, super neat. And,
1: uh, and no one will ever trust you if you're dealing with cards or dice. <laughs> you have
2: those cufflinks on. If they heard the story, they would. But yeah, that's true. Um, so anyway, uh, we have plenty to talk about next week with spoilers coming up. There's going to be more modern tournaments. We're all grinding decks. We're going to be playing in events. And uh, there's there's a charity tournament. If you are in Ohio right. this weekend, there is a charity tournament, in Cincinnati, put on by Taylor Gunn. He's uh, from the MCG Bridge Podcast. And the legit MTG guys are sponsoring it. Go and support it. Um, I believe it's Food for Africa is the cause. Yep. And it's a 1K, I think. Um, there's tons of prizes. We some prizes. Huge, surprises, huge. A bunch
1: support. of
2: people. Yeah, it's it's going to be amazing. Um, I'll so, be there.
1: I don't know uh, if any. Are you guys going? I well, we go need it.
2: Sure. Yeah, we're going to try and post this tonight. So hopefully, if you're listening to this on Friday and you don't have anything going on Saturday, drive up there, check it out. It's yeah. standard. Okay, the format's standard. Uh, informations on Facebook, so i don 't have anything, anything else to add Stoddard nothing
1: else right now i would I just want to mention that uh, I think that one of the funniest magic Twitter accounts happening right now is at a mental misstep, which is alex Bertoncini's twitter it's hilarious because he 's still <laughs> posting about magic it's a very i mean if you have if you have any patience for his type of humor. It's a very, it's very funny to see him. Yeah, he seems he seems to be. Uh, taking he's taking it in stride. <laughs> yeah, considering considering what happened to him and you know how young of a guy he is, he's certainly taking it in stride. I mean, he clearly deserved what he got, but he's still very funny yeah. about it. So, yeah. well, that's all I got. All oh, right. Right. Uh, I have uh, an additional Twitter now at Ruben Bresler. For non-magic related non-magic things. Stuff. So Unfortunately, I don't I'm follow my... anybody that isn't
2: magic except for my fine. sister. That's fine.
1: But if you have, if you would like to follow me, uh, that's yeah, I have updates. I'll create on... an account. I'll create an account. I never checked it. Yeah, that's fine. It'll that yeah. work. <laughs> uh, that'll have all of the show, the standard shows that I'm going to be doing, as well as occasional. Oh, nice. So, well, yeah, I, yeah, maybe maybe, maybe them. I will follow. All right.
0: Awesome. Well, until next week, we're in contention.